So 331. The year of our Lord Arby. 332. Yep. yep. Shit. It's like a fucking eternal curse. <laughs> no, to you re- can only get one week right in a row. To repeat it, my name's Anthony Gygos. Joining me is Arthur Gaze. Look at, look at me when you said Arthur's name. Arthur Gaze. Arthur Gaze? Arthur, no, I said Arthur Gaze. I guess it did come out Gaze. Sorry, yeah, that's it not, sure did. That's not how I meant it. Uh, I mean, it's fine. Not that I don't think there's something wrong with being gay, but... <laughs> No. That's not my last And name. I certainly didn't mean it in that way. Um, in any way. In any way. I didn't mean it in any way. There was no way. Uh, and James Faulkner. Hello. Uh, and Matt Chandrenay is out being an adult. So. Well. He is. He's being a business-owning adult. He is being. He's being a businessman. Yeah. So. He's not here. Um, he's dressed up in a suit. Nice, nice. I'm like he's in a suit. He's probably not in a suit, yeah. but he's People probably have a hard time imagining Matt in a suit. I assume that he wore like sandals to his wedding. He's probably having real fancy food with like weird draft beers, you know. So, uh, every time micro brews. When when Matt and I had a business meeting once, which happened what, one time. Yeah, pizza. We had pizza, but that's still fancy pizza yeah. from that place. It's not cheap. Which place? I don't know. Pie bar. Pie bar. Yeah. Yeah. So. Too expensive. Well, that's what I mean. So it's like fancy food because if you're, you know, speaking to any other people from most cities, if you're paying more than like three bucks a slice, it's fucking fancy. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's fucking every slice here. Yeah, is more exactly. But like, yeah, I mean, even when I was in Seattle, the place we'd go to at the end of the night was like two seventy five for a slice. You know, that place was killing it. Uh, anyways, there's only like a semi decent place to get slices around here. Nowhere really good. Yeah, there was that place we used to go to. Uh, on, Broadway. Broadway. They weren't good, though. No, it was totally serviceable like, in a pinch. Serviceable, non-geographically placeable pizza food. Yeah. I, I watched a video online that was showing um, Joe's Pizza in New York, which is apparently like... Yeah, they're the new hotness. By the new hotness. The old, by, by new, you mean old, because they've been around for like... Oh, what am I thinking of, though? Then there's like the new... There is a new pizza that's called like something Brothers or something. And they've now become the new hotness because out here, in, no, in New York mm. City, because they're they are so cheap. They are like two dollars for a drink and a slice. There's a couple mm. decent places, like New York style places in L.A. There's actually decent New York style here. Like Lane Splitters is pretty good, but it's pretty far away from my it's apartment. Slice House, which is there's a couple. It's by Tony something. He's like regarded as like one of the best pizza chefs. Escape Where? from New York yeah. is not bad for thin pizza. It's, it's one, fine. It's, it's just fine. Not, it's not great. But but like. The reason I brought up Joe's is because they were like showing like the perfect New York slice, which is like no grease. Really? Yeah. And like like you were they held up and shaking it, and there was like no grease coming off of it. It still like and it still grease. looked like the, like the way that you would want a piece of pizza. I like the grease. I hate grease on pizza. I love like the orange grease in pizza. I feel like you can't have pepperoni without orange grease. Well, uh, this okay. This is a cheese. This is a cheese slice. Okay, that's fine. I don't expect a lot of grease in in a cheese slice. Although there will be some because cheese can get greasy. But yeah, like right. on pepperoni, it ends up, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you get, get some it. grease, and it gets trapped in those little pepperoni cups. Yum, yeah. yum, yum, yum. And then you, if you're a fucking 
I was about to say, if you're a terrible person, but then I realized my fiance actually does the paper towel thing. That, so. I, I, I shake mine off. Like I see. I, yeah, I drain mine off. I don't like... Pour it into my mouth. <laughs> I just don't like wet pizza. Like, like, like if it, I don't, I don't like soggy pizza. Yeah, you just eat it before. But it I gets think that soggy. there's a difference between greasy and soggy Cause pizza because it, the sauce is going to make it wet. Right, right. But like, yeah. But like, if you're if you're leaving the uh, Tony's, the place that it's across the street from IGN. Um, like By the time I get done with new? it, when yeah, I lift up it, the cardboard, I should be able to see through it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, but like, they so it's like, like nineteen dollars per slice. Oh uh, no, it was, it's only like like three, but three bucks. That's that place can't stay in business. They, they, do, they, do, they do so much traffic, though. And, like, like the people, they're going there consistently. I feel like Ironside did plenty of traffic, too. Enjoy it while it's there. There was also that sandwich Fuck, shop. Man, we went to Ironside so much. Yep. That's too bad. They, they've been nice closed place. for a couple years. I know, but I worked yeah, I at IGN a long time ago. I, yes, I know. I'm just saying. Yeah, and there was a garbage sandwich shop there at one point that I went to that was, like, pretty good sandwiches, but they were, like, $15. That place closed. Yeah, now there's a Mediterranean place and where that used to be. Wait, the liquor store? No, like directly across the street from Medellin, like one of those like really small it, spaces in between. Uh, Greg Miller loved loved that place. It was good. It, it was, was a the, fine sandwich, but it was fifth, like fifteen bucks. Yeah, the, the chicken parm was like thirteen dollars. Uh, That's too much for chicken yeah. parm. It was not, and the thing was, is it was good, but it wasn't even as good as like an Ike's, and it was more expensive than an Ike's. So, anyways, I, I don't think Ike's even exists anymore. They got closed down. No, they're still around. There's, there's a ton like of Ike's. Ton of Ike's. Yeah. Oh, the, the I think the one in San Francisco. The original one. Got the original one in San Francisco got shut down. But there's yeah. but there's more all over the place, including where Blondie's used to be in Union Square. I mean, there's mm. there's there's an Ike's. Ike's we down. order Ike's at my work all the time, and down in South San Francisco, yeah, or South. So like Blondie's shut down. Apparently, the <laughs> one in Berkeley named themselves something different, but the pizza is the same. <laughs> which is too bad because I like Blondie's. Which is, I thought about Blondie's because we were talking about grease on pizza. I was like, Blondie's has got good grease on their pizza. <laughs> uh, Video games, I guess. I, guess. I would say I want. I kind of want some pizza, but I'm so full of burger. Do we eat too much? I'm glad. I'm glad. I ate just enough burger. I am. I am comfortably full. I also had a pickle and so, some French fries. I'm comfortably full, um, but I would always eat pizza. But we're not going to get pizza. No. Uh, Let's see. So there's video games. They're still out. I played some Portal Two. That's pretty, that's a pretty good game. Yeah, it is a still pretty good game. The writing in that is still excellent. And the voice acting is pretty exceptional. Yeah, that Wheatley guy in particular. You know, I don't. Stephen Merchant is that? Uh, who's Stephen Merchant? To remind Ricky me, Ricky Gervais. He's like Ricky Gervais's right hand man. Yep, he's been. He was on that really awful HBO show, Hey Ladies. <laughs> I fucking hated that show. Yeah, it was really bad. Right, 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 right. He's also right. in Logan, but you haven't seen Logan. Yes, but I've seen uh, the show Idiot Abroad. Yeah, and, and him and Ricky Gervais are always setting him up. We'll send him here. Yeah. So yes, I know. I know that is Steve Merchant. Okay. Uh, yes, I was you trying need to, to see you fucking Logan. I do need to see Get Logan. Off your ass. No, I'll see when it comes out, and I'll just rent it one time. It, he's he's almost there. It's like only like thirty more days until yeah. the thing is like out. I I don't have the desire to see a lot of movies in a movie theater. It's like another month, and it's it's actually like two or three months. I think like, I, it's got a Blu-ray release. The two Star Wars movies came out. I watched them twice in a movie theater, and I was like, I don't need to see them ever again in a movie theater. Like it's fine. Right, I, but you saw those twice in the theater. Those twice, but yeah, I mean, the last movie I went to go see in a movie theater was probably Rogue One. Like I don't go see huh. movies that often. I really like going to see movies. Speaking of Star Wars. I don't have an opinion about that trailer, but congratulations to Mitch on yeah, his project yeah, finally getting announced. I have an opinion on it. Well, my opinion, for people who didn't see Mitch is writing Star Wars. My opinion is, uh, it's too early to say like, oh, this story's going to be so cool. Like, 
It may be written by Mitch, which is fine. I read some of Mitch's stories. I think it will be appropriately lore nerdy shit. And there's Walt, who's like written really good stuff. Let's back up the line. But they write something, then it goes to Dice, and then blah, blah, blah. And then there's a whole process that I don't know what it'll end up I don't being. think Dice is doing the campaign. It's the, just the, motive. Yeah. Are you sure about that? Because in the interview that I saw with Dice, they said Dice is doing everything. The other studios are secondary, basically. So they said sure that, the that, like the dice guy said, yes, we would like the work that Mitch and them are doing, but it is a dice game first and everything else second. Like, I mean, so. I, I'm pretty sure it will say it'd be dice's logo will be, will be first in. Well, yeah, but yeah, that's because they're EA's flagship studio now. So, but, but I think it's more like, um, ba- uh, battlefield where like visceral did the single player for Hardline and dice did the multiplayer. Like there was like, no, the- I think visceral did all of Hardline. I thought it was, I thought it was, I thought someone else did the multiplayer. Either like, way, multiple studios were doing. Either way, yeah. I'm saying that it is still an apparatus. Oh, there's a lot that, that makes could, a game. That, yeah. that it's not like Mitch has an idea and it goes into the game. It's like it, Rich writes out a script with Walt, then it goes to people, then it goes to the ILM story group who has yeah. to approve it. So it's like, you know, so I'll be curious to see what it turns into. The basic premise of it, like Imperial guys that are like trying to prove the Emperor. I already foresee that that like I will be highly surprised if that's what you actually play throughout the story. I think there's other story missions for other characters. Sure, but I just mean like the general narrative of like we're trying to see show how like the bad guys are really trying to make I think it'll be more like we're really bad until we realize we're really not bad. We shouldn't continue to be I, bad. I I don't know. I I'm if more If they don't go that trope, I would be very happy. I'm more interested in that game than i was battlefront because it has a campaign oh yeah 100%. Like the absence of a campaign in battlefront pretty much killed any interest whatsoever that i had in that game i'm much more interested in that in it for that for sure i can't imagine taking place in that window how long it'll necessarily be because i still think that multiplayer will be the I don't need to be long up. five or six hours of a really good looking shooter campaign that plays well but you got my money take it we'll see i just hope it doesn't go in that in that route or that route of like we start off bad, but then eventually we realize the Empire really wasn't everything we thought it was cracked up to be. So let's actually become good guys. Because I feel like that's like a very common yeah. sort of thing. Um, not that it couldn't be good. Like Star Wars is like the tropiest of trope things all the time. And it can still be really fun. So, I was seeing a thing float around today about how this person doesn't like doesn't want uh, Kylo Ren to get a redemption arc. They just want to see him die. Do what? What do you want out of that? Uh, How do you feel about that? About the Han killer getting a redemption arc? <laughs> you know, it'd be more in line with a lot of the legends, the so-called legends nowadays, because in those, like, you know, there's redemption arcs for basically everyone. There's, like, people that have committed genocide and have had redemption arcs and become Jedi Grandmasters or Jedi Masters and stuff. But I will say that the guy that killed Luke's wife in the books, who's Han's kid... Never gets redeemed. Luke actually sends his sister to be like, you got to go kill your fucking brother. We can't let him live. So, Was that Mara Jade? Uh, yeah, Mara Jade was the one who got killed, Luke's yeah. wife. And then Luke sends his, his, Hans, his, his niece his niece to send his nephew. And she's like, you're, she's like, you're the only one who can do it. Go fucking do it. So Does she do it? She totally does it. Luke also one time sends his other nephew to die, knowing he's going to die. Like, hey, you got to go do this. I know you're going to die. See ya. So, it's kind of, looks kind of a brutal leader. Looks kind of a dick. So, uh, it's never the same after the hand thing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but no, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, if he just gets killed, although it'd be weird if they turned it into like a 
Like, because it seems like they are setting him up to be somewhat sympathetic in the first one, because he's, like, obviously torn. Uh, I think that he'll become slightly more sympathetic, kind of like the Kingslayer did in Game of Thrones, simply by virtue of Luke explaining what happened to him. I think that that arc might make him more sympathetic. But I ultimately think that he's going to get murdered for sure. So I don't think he'll, he'll be, be a force ghost by the end of the movie. <laughs> for sure. For yeah. sure. He'll be hanging out with, with I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume Luke dies. Yeah, uh, he has to. Yeah. Like they have to kill them. And then, and then it's he and Luke at the end of uh, nine, just like hanging out and by for a fire. Some, and for some reason, Han Solo too. He's like, guess what yeah. I did? <laughs> I don't know. They I'm a force shooting, ghost. They start shooting the, the, the side movie soon, don't they? Yeah. This Han Solo solo? Yeah. 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 Solo, solo, solo. The solo Calrissian joint. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. That'll be really soon. My I, understanding. Oh, good. I don't know what that movie will be. I would have been a. I could see it being a heist, but they already did a heist movie, so I don't know what it will be. Mm. There was one. There was a really, really great. Star I don't really Wars. feel like Rogue One was a heist. I feel like Rogue One was like the Bridge Over the River Kwai or like a war movie like that. Yeah, kind of. A Bridge Over the River Kwai was so much more about being in a prison camp rather than like action, but. Uh, They'd or the per- Great Raid. Or they whatever. had said though originally that like each year's movie off movie was supposed to be thematic or something. So like a heist or something like that. I feel like they could the best Han Solo book that was him and Lando before all the events of the movies was just a heist one. It was literally Ocean's Eleven. I could, yeah, gathered I was a bunch say, of I could deal with a Star Wars Ocean's Eleven, and that's what it was. It was a cast of characters setting up this crazy thing to rob like an Imperial governor. And- because tonally that would be so radically different than every other Star Wars movie. Also, they have like Woody Harrelson because there wasn't yeah. an epic fight. There wasn't anything like that. That's right. Yeah. They, they have, the, the cast that they put together is enough of like I'm not going to call them characters but honestly I, I have but like zero interest in seeing archetypes it. Or, yeah. I have like zero interest right now in seeing a, how a Han Solo became Han Solo movie oh me too absolutely I, zero especially when they said find out how Han Solo got his name I'm like fuck you he got his name by being born like yeah. I have no interest in that I whatsoever would, I would have been way more interested in just the Lando movie hmm, I don't have any interest in any of their prequel stories I just want new stories my that's myself. I don't want more prequel stories. I don't need origin stories for these but characters. I, I don't. I didn't necessarily want a, Han, a Lando origin. I just wanted like a Lando story. I think that would have been cool. Like for uh, me, I, I'm, I'm. But Rogue One was really good. It yes, it was, but it was really good. But I'm not interested, and I think that that filled in like a really crucial part. But personally, I'm interested. Now that they've reset the canon, I want more things that expand the canon. That's what I want. Like my, I think that they've got that the Han Solo stuff does work to expand the canon because it covers an air. It it covers even more ground between the prequels and A New Hope. Yeah, but if they're spending time explaining the politics of the universe at that point, they're not spending it like on these characters. Like I don't know. Maybe can be done smart. I would rather see them just continue to explain the new order and stuff like that. The first order. I I so I think the first three spin-off movies will be oh, the one after Han Solo in between 8 and 9 whatever that's going to be uh that's Han Solo oh Han Solo. okay well whatever one's 8 is this year right 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 Han right. Solo is next year and then the year after that is 9 okay so whatever one is after that yeah Boba Fett yeah I, I, I think they're going to go super safe and that's why they're doing all this like prequel stuff because they're like doing things that people know and then after that, they can go. Okay, well now we can tell stories about the rest of the universe because we were safe. That we I know because they, they were successful. I, seven, eight, nine. I yeah. do wonder if we're not going to see episode nine until twenty twenty because of Carrie Fisher's death. Why would that make a difference? Because they don't even have a script for that movie yet, and now they need to figure out a 
way to both deal with Carrie Fisher's absence and to write that in. Like not just to write it in, but to to figure out a way to execute on it. I don't I still think it'll be I don't think it'll be delayed because of that. They they didn't have a script for episode seven, all of a sudden they sat down and slammed that one together too. I think it'll They had an outline. Kind of, but then then a lot of it got thrown out and fucking JJ Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan fucking hammered it back out into a thing, you know? So I think that they will just make it happen. Also the mouse will make it happen. <laughs> If there's a writer's strike, I think that could pretty seriously impact the Star Wars schedule because I don't think that Disney wants to take a chance on fucking that up with a bad script. Yeah, I think the mouse will find a way. The mouse is the Empire. That's we could the thing be just you don't a, a few months out from a writer's strike. Your movies are being made by the Empire. so They own the entire year. Yeah. Disney does. Yeah. Like, there's not a time of year that they don't... Yeah, you go see their movies in the summer, and you go see their movies in Christmas. Like, there's... And then in the spring, you go see Pixar movies. Is there two Pixar movies a year? Yeah. Two Pixar movies a year. Two Disney animated movies a year. Yep. Two to three Marvel movies a year. Mostly two. They try and do one... Mostly two. Uh, And at least one Star Wars a year. Right. I mean, yes, you are going to the movie to see the mouse. To say nothing of, like, now now they've also got, like, a live-action movie every year. Like... This year it's Beauty and the Beast. Next year it might be Aladdin or something. I guess. Oh really? I didn't know if they're actually like the. Continuing. That was the rumor, but actually they're making the live action Lion King for next year. Right. right. So they do live action stuff every year, which honestly so far has been quite good. Like mm. Jungle Book was really good. I don't know if you saw it, but it was extremely good, and it's on it Netflix. Um, but that's like eight huge, huge movies a year without like whatever other stuff that they release right you know like i said they're the empire yeah they own everything the the only other franchise that will continue to the end of time is fast yeah i saw that on saturday i I saw it yesterday it's it's good it's entirely watchable and and very dumb it is pretty dumb my issues like i heard a lot of people complaining about the dom stuff but i didn't actually have any issue with that i thought that it was it I mean, functional. they shot around the rock and uh, and uh, Vin, Diesel. Vin Diesel not wanting to be on screen together, pretty much. Well, I think that happened after they nope. had started. Really? No, it was in the middle of shooting. Well, no, I know. I mean, like the the script was done. Like the movie was structured right. before. Right, right, right. But like, there's there's the the very early scene where you've seen the trailer where he, uh, Vin Diesel knocks the Rock's character off the road. Uh, and like that entire scene is shot where you don't see Vin Diesel. You only see the, like, the bottom half of his legs because hmm. they refuse to be on set together. Anyway, which is, yeah, there's a lot of weird bad blood there. And I wonder if that'll be solved. They, the they said movie. as much uh, today that they had squashed it and that they're going to appear on screen together in 10 or whatever the next movie is. Um, but nine. so my my biggest issue with that is that like Shaw is shown in yeah. the, the trailer. So it's not like it's news that Jason Statham is in that movie. Like Jason Statham's character in that movie is no longer Shaw from the previous. Oh movie. God, no! He is now uh, his character from Spy. Yeah, like almost like slightly He's less really competent, but very goofy, very joke cracky, very like parody of Jason Statham character. There's a scene towards the end of the movie where they're on a plane, which I won't spoil what the conceit of that that scene is. That's just it like just, it's straight it's out like, of a Melissa McCarthy movie. Yeah, it's like action comedy, action comedy, like woven throughout the scene. It just feels 
And not like feel good action, haha stuff, yeah. but like deliberately played for laughs. Like, yeah. Nothing like the Fast and the Furious has ever been. And that's sort of the weird thing is that tonally that movie is all over the fucking oh, yeah. place. It's weird. Um, okay, if I never see another Fast and the Furious movie. It's fun. It's a fun action movie, and there's some very inventive set pieces. Like the the uh, the escape from the prison is probably like my It's fa- really good. The it, New York chase stuff I thought was actually pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I, I it's just totally I, the, unrealistic. The, I, the, the scene I enjoyed the most was the prison escape because it's Jason Statham and The Rock beating the shit out of a bunch of like uh, high like security prison yeah, it's guards. Like wrestling almost. Yeah, except for like they're punching dudes and they're flying like. Back, I know. Like, I, like, I saw a clip of it somehow on something, maybe like an extended trailer. I think that's what it was, like an extended trailer on YouTube, and I watched. Literally, they get let out of the prison cell, and he starts punching people, and it's like watching a Dragon Ball movie or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> people are flying, not back in, like, oh, kind of an arc. They're flying, like, Flat. horizontal onto into a wall and right. then falling. It looks, like, it looks like that scene in Django when he fucking shoots that lady with the pistol, and, and the ropes pull her back. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just, like, out of this world crazy. Um, I, I will say that I think that people are getting a little too caught up in, in the holy crap box office thing, though. Because it opened simultaneously in China or worldwide. Yeah, it, exactly. The way that it opened, like comparing that movie to Force Awakens is not a fair comparison for yeah. two reasons. First, uh, f- uh, Furious 8 or Fast Fast 8, whatever, the, the fate. fate of the Furious, yeah. sorry, uh, opened globally and in every big market at the same time. Uh, whereas the release of Force Awakens didn't happen in China until three weeks later. Uh, and I also think that those dumb movies just have some more broad appeal in a way than Star Wars does even. I if you like the opening weekend for Star Wars is like 80 million short of fast. And then when you take the Chinese opening weekend and add it, it's actually ahead again. But also apparently there is a 3D exclusive version of fast of furious of fate of the furious in China. Weird. Yeah, because the Chinese love 3D movies. And stuff, just hmm. who cares? It's successful. I think that there's something to be said that, like for the success of that franchise because it represents a lot for a lot of people, including the fact that it is comprised of almost entirely non-white leads, especially now. Like there's only a couple of white like supporting characters in that movie. There's that like, there's villains. like there's a new character that's like he like the the He's there to be like the idiot straight man. Yeah. But it it actually the Paul Walker. I think that actually some some in some ways works to its benefit though because a lot well at least at least for the people in that culture like car culture like I feel like a lot of that is not necessarily yeah and that, it is a minority culture a lot to yeah a large it is, it's it's people of color uh, yeah. I do think and I, the juxtaposition of these points is not great but I do think that the absence of Paul Walker is felt more seriously than I thought it would yeah. be. Like Brian is a more important character than I think that I would have given him credit for before, and that he was like a good foil for Vin Diesel's character. Mm-hmm. Like, and he didn't like Dom did not need to carry the movie by himself. He could be the tough dude, yeah. Whereas Brian could be like the practical one that helps to get stuff done. He's he's the grounded one, I think. Yeah. And all of the grounded characters from those movies have disappeared. Like now it's now it's Tej has to be the grounded one. Ludacris's character has to be the grounded one. And I don't think it works as well because before it was Han and Brian. Yeah. And now they're both gone. Now, yes. Now it's just everyone who's just over the top. Um, 
I actually like the villain, uh, Charlize Theron. Yeah, Charlize Theron was pretty good. Like, there's some scenes where she's just scary as fuck. Of like, she's like, I, I, I don't care. I don't care about you. I don't care what, what you're gonna yeah. do. You're gonna do what I say. She's pretty good as a villain. She's been yeah. in several things as a villain and works pretty well. All right, we spent about eight minutes on Fast Date, so I'm sure it's good. I spent more time watching fate of the furious than i did playing any games that weren't dota over the last <laughs> week so that actually i mean gosh yeah I've, I've not played much new you played some flint hook yeah i think mechanically i was surprised how good that game works as a game where you're like side scrolling and aiming a hook 360 degrees around you to get grapple points i was like oh this is gonna be a nightmare and the hook but placement it, is really good but it works really good i was really surprised i expected it to be really hard to grapple thing have like my uh my inertia carry me past it and then grapple another thing that fast Mm -hmm. but man you get a hang of it really fast it feels really good and And also and also to shoot and do that yeah um i find that it feels really good i find that like the music in is awesome it looks really awesome like they did a really good job it feels like you're playing a Mega Man game in some ways just because it's a screen by screen thing and literally the mini-map loading in just like Mega Man and stuff. Or actually more like Metroid. Uh, but man, I just hate the roguelike aspect of it. Like I want, if it was like mission, like, and I thought it was Mega Man at first. I was like, oh, this is my bounty? Fuck, I gotta go kill this guy? All right, then I'll eliminate the next guy. But it's more like go on random missions until you encounter that guy? Is that how no, it works? No, so you need a certain amount of gems to feed to your map to figure out where your bounty is. And so the first uh, section of the game, the first contract takes three gems and you only get one gem per mission. So you have to do three missions. Then you get the, the map to your bounty. And then the next section is requires four gems. So you have to do four fucking missions to get to the, the boss. And then the next one is five gems to get to the boss. And if you die, you restart the whole thing over. Right, except that just like, like the whole contract, just like some other roguelikes, that you get currency that you can then spend on stuff to help you along the right. way. So the next you, run. there's like perks that you can that you get points to to buy, and you can buy more and more points and more and more health uh, to a point. But like you have a limited capacity for your loadout. Right, and so, I, I find that aspect of it not my cup of tea. It never has been. So the, these like loadouts are, are done with cards between like before each mission. And the thing that I didn't realize is inside missions, you can find cards, but those cards only apply for that life. Oh, so you're getting gold and stuff to buy these cards in the mission. And that makes you more powerful until you die. I see. So basically you're like, you're applying it for that run only and yeah then, you're not yeah. adding it to your collection and no they're not added to your collection they're added on to whatever you brought in with you oh, which, so which can it. be pretty powerful because you only get limited slots to bring in yeah. any perks so like let's say you go in with like 30 extra health like that mm-hmm. that's not something you lose but then you can buy like another 10 health for or, that run specifically right. yeah, okay, so get it. You, okay when you died you'd lose it but it, it could that could keep you alive or like a thing that makes your weapon blast bigger or your your blast go longer or your bullet time go longer and i didn't know that for most of the time i played that game i mean it's a really cool it like i said that game is beautiful the opening cinematic of it with and the driving music and stuff I'm like this is really fucking good like a plus presentation stuff in that game but yeah i think it's very polished in some ways and like, it's not just that you need to use the hook stuff to get around. It's fun to use. And even 
you can get around without it in a lot of cases, but it puts that stuff around so that you can just sort of like rocket through a room if you want to. Right. And I could see when you get really good mastery of it, that when you see there will be like a difference between watching me play and watching someone who is like, you know, that is their jam. It's kind of like Spelunky. I feel like when you eventually that game is going to be it wants to be like to scratch Spelunky. that itch for Spelunky people. That's um, what it wants to do. Yeah, for sure. And so the way that these these ships are created or they're composed of random rooms with different attributes. And so when you have three different ships to, to choose from uh, every time you do a run, so you'll pick one, you'll do it, and then you'll get three more to choose from until you have enough gems to get to the boss. But those boat layouts are randomized. Like the the ships are randomized. Uh, but I actually played enough of it to see repeating layouts and rooms like huh. to work to the point where I actually, every room was familiar hmm. um, because everything will seem fine and things will be going great. And all of a sudden you'll be in a room and it's like, Oh, that is full of spikes and spike balls and giant drills. And I can't get through that. And the Canterbolt. <laughs> I like, I will just, I'm not good enough to get through mm, that okay. apparently. Or like, because you don't get your health back between missions. You can't get it in in mission. You can't get health back. You can, in. Get you can buy in little. You can if you, you find can rooms, you can health. buy certain health, and then occasionally after you finish a room, you'll get back like a tiny chunk of what you lost getting through the room. But it's very stingy with what it gives you back. Um, it's chip damaging you the entire time. Yeah, yeah. And some places will actually slowly kill you. So, like some have a timer where if you fail it, you die. Uh, some are filled with fog, and so it's hard to see. Like some have way more enemies. Um, but there are just certain configurations that are just not fun. And at some point you might have three ships, all of which have aspects that are not fun to play. RNGs. And if you die, then you'd start the whole fucking thing over again. Like there are only four contracts in that game. Hmm. At least that's the way it seems from the level select. There might be a fifth that you unlock or something, but there's not that many contracts in the game. The game extends its length by knowing that you're going to die over and over again. Sure. Like I'm level 35 or something. Oh, you've played a lot. Yeah. And I play, I'm on the the third of four contracts. I guess as long as it's fun, but yeah, it sounds like it can get a little repetitive. Noticeably repetitive. It's not even like Rogue Legacy where stuff was really goofy and like you had lots of different possibilities and and like I think that in in Rogue Legacy you got more powerful completely and you didn't have to make as many difficult choices about what you took in with you like you were just spending points and that's what you would have. And whereas in this like you can find a ton of stuff but you'll never be able to equip all of it. Mm. So um James did you play anything? I played the Closed beta for the Necromancer class in Diablo 3. Oh, yeah. How is that? Very metal. You explode lots of corpses and suck blood from your enemies and shoot bones. Like giant fountains of blood. Oh, yeah. Like the. the, My. Like some Legacy of Cain stuff. Oh, yeah. So I walked. Yes, that is a good comparison. I walked into. I I did it in adventure mode um, just because I didn't want. Well, I've been through that story like two or three times. Um, and I was going into a dungeon and found a bunch of weak enemies and basically set up, killed like one or two of them. There was probably like 20 to 30 enemies on screen and just kept on corpse exploding because it doesn't spend any resource. So as long as you create, create more corpses, it can detonate more corpses. Hmm. Um, and you just chain react that through. How many people. troops are you running around with? Uh, you can have up to 
the, for the skeleton like soldiers i think it's like six or seven mm-hmm. then you can also summon like a flesh golem yes but uh, can i have all six and seven and a flesh golem like how many if i'm trying to just max out my body camp um i think you could so i don't i think it's either the flesh golem or it's the skeletons okay because uh, it's, it's, it's part of the runes but you can also have like um you can summon mages as part as one of your other skills okay um and so I think with that, I, I got a max of like six. So there's about like 12 enemies. So I was trying out a summoner build. I died instantly because then like I wasn't like regaining a lot of health. And like you kind of have to be near stuff to be hitting it to get re- regaining um, your resource. I figure what the exact resource for uh, for the necromancer is like essence or something. Um, and that to like then summon more of the mages. Um, uh, but it was fun so i was was gonna play more but then i accidentally wrote over or they either deleted m- my character in an update or i wrote over with my regular characters and then i couldn't create a new necromancer last night because i think they're down for maintenance right um, and it'll be out soon enough for regular like full retail diablo 3 yeah, i think soonish like like a month or so yeah i don't, I don't know and I, did they say how much it's gonna be like 10 bucks i because they are charging for I it. i think it's 10 bucks if not 15 uh, I, I was looking at my Steam because I was like, "What else?" I knew I played other things. I played this game called White Noise Two. You mm-hmm. might have seen that on Steam recently released list. List. It is a four is a five player multiplayer game, but four player. It's it's got like the the one person's the monster. Four asymmetrical or not, yeah, like so four it's pe- evolve. It's like evolve, yeah, except that much slower pace. And one person is the monster, and if they get hit by light, they get destroyed. Four people are investigators, mm-hmm. like just paranormal investigators with flashlights. And your goal—it's a really simple game. I should mention it's only like nine ninety nine. You go in the environment, you collect six clues. If you collect the six clues, I think it unlocks something else, or you win, mm-hmm. and you get the fuck out. And then one person's the monster, and the monster can do things like plant decoys to trick people and make sounds over here to trick people. But their goal is basically to somehow split off the survivors from one another hmm. and then pick them off one by one. And if they kill the four survivors, they win. And when you die as a survivor, you turn into a ghost so you can still do things in the world, mm-hmm. like destroy decoys of the monster when you're a ghost, or you can, like... Do they, do they know, the ghosts know what decoys are? So, like, or, like, is it, like, visually indicated that they're decoys? Yeah, yeah. when I see, like, like all... I couldn't see the decoys when I was a player. But once you're the ghost, you can totally see decoys and just run up and blow it up. Mm-hmm. So you're basically, at that point, you can't, like, kill the monster or anything, but you can put out things to kind of help the other players. Hmm. You're basically acting like Patrick Swayze from Ghost <laughs> to, like, try and fuck with the world so that the players will get an idea of where to go. You, wanna, you also want to fuck a human as a ghost. <laughs> uh, and then I also play this game called The Signal from Tolva. It's oh, a, yeah, I think I've, I've heard of that. That's like a shooter from the people that made Sir You Are Being Hunted. Mm-hmm. It's procedurally generated. It looks kind of... It's got a really interesting look to it. It's like 3D but simple. And the whole premise is like you're a robot in a planet full of robots and everyone's looking for this signal on this planet. And you possess different robots. So whenever you die, you possess a new robot body. And you're going around to the... And there's like these rival robot corporations. And you'll have little fights with them. And then if you defeat them in a base, you can take it over. Now you can spawn you and your robots from there. And if you ever die, you can take over another robot. You can also get a gun where now if you see random robots in the environment and they happen to be on your side, you can like squeeze off and get up to four of them, mm-hmm. have them follow you around. You can issue them orders like attack this base. And so now it turns into like a squad base shooter if you want. Huh. Or you can play it totally solo. Is, is it mechanically, is it like... um? 
fear or something like that like i'm trying to think of like is actual shooting mechanics like interesting or is it more more of like the systemic of like the systems of taking over the shooting's okay the shooting i would say is like competent Mm -hmm. it's not great um it's not it's not a sandbox shooter is like it's very much like a it's closer to like borderlands than it is a lot of other things Mm -hmm. like you know like you're out there in the environment you're shooting it's a huge like or it's a pretty big world that you're wandering through uh but your goal is pretty much go to different bases take it over scan things move on to the next area Mm -hmm. and then slowly but surely grow up make sure your robots are taking over the land and then if you want take your robots in and command them fight off enemy robot attacks but it's very simple Mm -hmm. like i feel like it's another game where it's like you know thinking about flint hook like flint hook is like something where the a lot of more devs, I feel like indie devs especially, are going for procedurally generated stuff because it allows them to make a few systems and then make a few art environments and then let it go and see what happens. It's also good for it's good for like early access games because you can just add more tile sets and sort of more like things like that and have a strong core loop to build around. Yeah, and so the signal from Tolva, I don't think it is an early access game, but it feels like it has a very good like loop. it should have been. Yeah, it feels like it has a very good loop, like going to a new base, attacking robots, defeating robots, having your shit take over. That feels really good for a while. But when I look at how big the map is and how much I'm going to have to like go out and do, like it hasn't had enough intrigue there wrapped up. Like I'm waiting for the moment where they're like, guess what? We think the signal might be this fucked up thing, and they had a new faction or something like right. that. But I've heard there's always interesting stories people will say where you'll like come upon three factions that are fighting each other, and then like how you go about fighting in it can like totally be weird or different. Hmm. I just haven't seen much of that. So I've generally heard people be underwhelmed with it, unfortunately. It's really pretty. I was really underwhelmed with ukulele. I tried that, and that sure is another Banjo Kazooie game. Like I mean they made the Like slavishly to so. their credit. They said what they wanted to do on Kickstarter, and they fucking delivered on that Kickstarter. Yeah. Like they said that this is what we you want, that's what we'll make, and they fucking made a Banjo Kazooie game. For better or for worse, with like no modern Hardly anything modern feeling to it. So, mm-hmm. like, it is a collect, like, the first two minutes of the game are collecting. Like, collect six of this. You know, so you're like, oh. and then you have to collect, like, at least 100 pages, I think, to open the last, last boss, which yeah. is fucked no, up. Not yeah. for me. It looks fine, but I think the camera in it is kind of shitty, which I've heard other people complain about too. And so, it was actually good that I tried it out on Steam because, like, that was a game I was like, of course I'll get this for my Switch. But I don't think it's a game I'll get at all, honestly, at this point. Like, I want to like a platformer, but like... Have you tried Snake Pass? Have you tried what? Snake Pass. Oh, yeah. I've been playing some Snake Pass as well. It's fine. I think Is it that, better than Ukulele? I think it's... It is more... It's better than Ukulele in the sense that it is uh, at least trying new things. Like, the, the complex-ass snake controls in that game are good, but I also feel like it... It feels a bit like, like I feel like again, people who really get at Tony Hawk and stuff like that will be fine. But you have to be able to think about like three things at once in that game, even though it's like seemingly this really simple children's platformer. It's actually really hard. Hmm. Um, and then I beat Super Hot, so Super you know, Hot. Turns out that game is actually really good. Yeah, if a little heavy-handed with it. Turns like, out. Yeah, and in the end, it kind of goes. It just gets, can be a little bit of heavy handedness in the sense of like, you are the machine, fucking surrender control. You are not in control. And I was just like, all right, I get it. Have you played? All, all I really want to do is just kill guys, though. See if I played, can get through a scenario. Have you played the VR 
No. So now I think I can do the VR version that I've done the original version. Yeah. So also I have to do it through Revive because I don't have uh, I don't have a Oculus. I thought it was for uh, Vive as well. Nope. Hmm. It is for Oculus only. So that is why I'll have to use it through Revive. So. Is that like the thing that puts Oculus stuff on Vive? Yeah. Yeah. You still have to buy it and everything. You're not like pirating or anything like that. It just makes it to where it will run it. So, um, all right, well, let's do some fucking letters then. Uh, I know you're going to play next week though. I am going to play some Dawn of War for better or for worse. That's how I feel about Dawn of War for better or for worse. Yeah. Cause I don't know if I want more Dawn of War too. It's not that though. Exactly. So that's the thing is like, I want to be like in relic. I trust. Right. But I mean, you liked the original Dawn of War. I did like the original Dawn of War, but then I played Dawn of War 2, and I was like, why would I want to go back? So, I It's just a different kind of game. I mean, I prefer Dawn of War 2 to the kind of game that this is, but... Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I liked Company of Heroes 2, but I also didn't have the staying power, but... I think Company of Heroes 2 was an inferior sequel to the original game. I don't think that the mission design in the campaign was as good, and I don't think that the multiplayer was as good. No, the multiplayer wasn't as good. Uh, all right. First question of the day comes from Nigel, who says, What game had all the makings to be you cup of tea because you wrote in a fucking spelling error like an idiot? God, don't even bother writing in ever again, Nigel. Uh, but you didn't just Nigel like Nigel played Rust with them. <laughs> N- Nigel is, our, is, is a, a, real life a, a real life friend. But he says... What game had all the makings to be you cup of tea, but you just didn't like it for some reason? I got the Technomancer, Techromancer from a video game rental service. No free plugs from me. And that game should have been my jam. I really disliked that game after two hours. So again, what's your didn't, why didn't I like that game? Um, I mean, there's a lot. Donald War 3. <laughs> you don't know that yet. Uh... That's why caps exist. I I don't know. How far back do we want to go? We can go back as far as we want. Two worlds, two. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, we were like, wow, this is going to be a huge open world extravaganza. Mm -hmm. And it certainly had some really cool shit in it, but it was also a goddamn mess. Wow. Too human. Too human. That works. Uh, Wasn't my cup of tea. Uh... I don't know. All the skate games. Prototype. To bring it back to where we were last week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, God, I feel like there's something more recent that I should be thinking of. Like every like, Ninja Gaiden game since 2? Like, I feel like there's games that I was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, and then I played it. And, and I know that it was like something I was like waiting for the announcement. Papo Yo was one that I was really excited for and was not my cup of tea. But I was really excited That's about fair. the premise. Uh... Uncharted 4, I guess? Sure. I tried... I mean, I played, like, a few hours of it and just stopped. Because it was fine. Yeah. A lot of those games just leave my mind because I don't want to think about them. Like, mm. it's not... There are games I remember playing. Um, Desync, more recently, is a game that comes to mind. Uh... Ukulele. I love platformers, and I thought that was going to be my jam. 
I was really looking forward to that game. I can think of an older one. Yeah. A much older one. Brute Force. Yeah. That might be too old for people listening to this show, but God that was supposed to be like the, the Halo follow-up on Xbox. They, God, they even put out a novel. God of War 3 was that for me, too. Yeah. I really liked God of War 2, and then by the time God of War 3 came around, I was like, eh, no. God of War Ascension yeah. also, yeah. Just like after God of War 2, like I was like, ah, oh, for a while, and then just never got that the way I did with God of War um, 2. I, don't, I enjoyed what I played of Resident Evil 7, but I never played it again. Yeah, I bounced off. I played it like an hour once and was like, eh, it's kind of cool. And then I was expecting my fiance to want to play it with me. But when she didn't, I was like, well, then I don't really have the the tolerance. The tolerance, yeah. Whereas the the opposite of that is something like uh, Until Dawn was one that I expected to hate and then jumped into and loved. The original Uncharted was a game I expected to hate and ended up liking. So, And Borderlands was another game that I expected to not like and then oh, ended that's, up liking. That's, yeah, that's a good one. So there was quite a few of those as well. Being the low person on the totem pole at GameSpy meant that I had to review anything nobody else seemed to be interested in. I can think of another game that that, qualifies for that for you. Yeah. Darksiders. Oh, yeah. Darksiders is another one that everyone's like, this thing. And I was like, I've never played a 3D Zelda game. And this is fucking awesome. Darksiders 2 is the opposite is the answer to the original question. Yes. Darksiders 2 I played and bounced off super hard. So DMC. I thought I would. The first Devil May Cry? I went out no, and bought it. No, no, no. no. The, the reboot. Oh. I, I really say- liked what I played of DMC and just didn't play any more of it. Uh, I thought I... Because I played a bunch of four. I hated it and thought it was going to be more of that. And I ended up loving DMC. I bought DMC the original Devil four, May yeah. Cry thinking somehow that it was a Resident Evil-like game. Well, it was originally was that, right? Yeah. Yes. And so I bought it thinking it still was. Because I don't know. I didn't pay much attention. And I just... A friend told me about it and and i then i played it and i was like Ugh. i was like so insulted the first time it was like do you want to put the red thing in the red door and i was like you're literally asking me do i want to yes or no progress the game or just what not progress the game mm-hmm. and i was like fuck this i remember I, I feel like i returned that game when that was like a thing you could do you know what series never grabbed me that surprised me onamusha i desperately wanted to like onamusha too because i liked resident evil and I thought, oh, here's And a it game. was like feudal Japan Resident Evil. How could you not be into that? Yep. Onimusha is one of those games I watched, I watched the trailer on Cinematech back in the day. Fucking Cinematech. Uh, I, would, I wish all of that stuff was around. Me and my friends rented a Motel 6 so that we could come visit UC Davis and go see it before I went there. And we stayed at the Motel 6 in Davis, got a bunch of Taco Bell, my friends brought beer even though we weren't 21 and they got drunk and we played on musha on the little hotel tv that was one way to experience on musha uh let's see harold writes in and says typically i feel the most powerful in a game at the end that's probably a common thing my question is why do so few games lack a new game plus mode so what if it breaks the game, in quotes? I would like to play through the game with all the abilities I've worked so hard to earn. Sometimes I feel like it's a, definitely a depends on the game. I feel like it also is whether or not how much of your progress they are tracking and how easy it is to redo that without undoing all of it. Like, that does require engineering work, you know? Wait, what was the question? Like, why don't more games have new game plus modes? Oh, um, because it's work and they run out of time. Yeah. And it... I don't think isn't the statistic like sixty percent of people don't finish. Oh, I player? think it's more than that. 
So it's like, okay, why are you going to put end? I remember seeing a statistic that it was like 15% of people will play more than the first level of a game most of the time. Like only 15% will play through more than the first level. So after that, it drops, 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 you know? So then, yeah, why put extra engineering work into something that a minuscule amount of players will actually use? Yeah. It's tough. I get it, though. Like, he's probably... I've been thinking about that after I completed uh, The Legend of Zelda. Because I could beat it, and I was like, after I defeat Ganon, am I going to be able to go back and complete my side quest? The answer is no. But, but it throws you back before it. Totally. So it was fine. I just was like, okay, I just want to defeat Ganon. I'll just do all my side quests now. I just didn't know that, you know? So I get that, like, in some games where maybe you, that doesn't feel like the best, but in Zelda, it doesn't really make a difference because I don't really feel more... I never really felt more powerful in Zelda as I went along. I had scaling health and stuff, but I felt like you had all the tools you needed right off the bat. Uh, let's see... Next question is from David Hilton. He says, do you think we'll ever get to the point where if I'm playing Call of Duty on PS4 and a friend is playing on Xbox, we will be able to play with each other? He says, I look at I look at consoles as operating systems sometimes, which they are, and I know it's stupid, but if I can play WoW on a Windows-based OS and play with someone that is using a Mac-based OS, then there should be no excuse for this to happen with the consoles. I know last year Microsoft brought up the fact that they were willing to start working towards that. Sony didn't come back with anything. A couple weeks ago, I think it was some video game website brought this discussion up again with Ether getting closer. I'm wondering if there might be an announcement. I would love to see all the communities be together for once and not split due to platform, but I feel that if console-based timed exclusives keep happening, this will never happen. I think that it's never in the market leader's interest to allow people from outside their ecosystem to benefit from their player base. That's exactly what I think. Like Call of Duty, if if you're like, well, all my friends are on PS4, well, then you're going to want to put PS4. Yeah. It's like, I can just get anywhere. They you're want to go for whichever one's cheaper. Not they to mention to sell how hardware. Much, and not to mention how much Sony paid for the content deal for Call of Duty, which was a preposterous amount of money. Right. Like, I'm sure... Difficult com- to fathom. I'm sure de- there's plenty of developers out there who would like it if they didn't have to think about maintaining three communities and they could just maintain one community, you know? Yeah, I mean, the the technology is there, but there are multiple business reasons not to do it. Yeah. With with PCOSs, it's a little bit different because they're all connecting to the same server, too. I don't know. It's just it's I mean, a different backend. I mean, on any server-based multi-platform game now, all the servers are the same. Hmm. Yeah, I guess it is really just that you're using their hardware, and their hardware comes with set specifications to run on their hardware. Yeah. So, business. You got businessed. Uh, <laughs> he says, and he being James, one of these, I got to remember, one person asked to be anonymous, even though they asked like the most innocuous question. So, uh, how much do you think being a professional reviewer versus non-games press influences each of your opinions about the games you play? For example, while all your opinions had merit, Matt seemed to be the only one of you who got into Destiny. I've heard movie reviewers comment that because of the sheer number of films they see, they can be more attracted to quirky avant-garde work than the more mainstream works. Do you think your opinions are influenced likewise? Jim from Boston. I think amount of games you play, amount of access amount of games you have access to can affect your opinion because like you're not working to be interested in this thing that you sunk money in. There's like no sunk cost financially speaking. It's about time. 
Um, yeah. And I think that affects your priorities. And that, that's not like a reviewer only thing, because even before I was doing this for a living, there wasn't really much stopping me from playing whatever game I wanted to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that really wanting to get value out of a game can affect the way that you approach it. I think that most reviewers try or good reviewers anyway, I can't speak for most, but I think good reviewers try to understand not just their biases and preferences, but like how an assignment or a timetable affects their enjoyment of a thing. For sure. Um, Cause like I can sound much more negative about a game before I write the review than the review ends up being because like at a certain point it'll be like, this really pissed me off, but why did it piss me off? Yeah. I, I also think it depends on the game. I think with this uh, for this podcast and Matt specifically, he had a group of friends who were play- who were playing Destiny. Yeah, I mean, they- to me, I don't go looking for avant-garde stuff. Yeah, I will happily play the biggest releases when it comes out. You know, like jump on Halo the day it comes out, jump on Gears as soon as it comes out, and yeah. play through it. Like, I think the three of us are more like lily pad uh, like in our approach to games. Like, we look for things to hop to from game to game because we have like the staples that we get into. Like James and I play Dota. Right. And James plays League. Um, and so those are like, those are stability and everything else is like tourism. Yeah. Um, and like, oh, I, I played a decent amount of Destiny. I wasn't a person that was playing every, every raid, but like as expansions came out, I would go back to it. But like, and that's the Lily Pellet pad. Like you go back to it as new stuff comes out. I wanted to like Destiny. Yeah. I downloaded same. the beta because I was like, okay. This is a new game from Bungie that I haven't fucking seen a game from in forever, and I love Bungie's games. So, like, why wouldn't I want to... Oh, so I love loot games. Like, okay, this sounds awesome, and then I just, like, ooh, no. I I really hope that Destiny 2 does a lot differently than Destiny did. Yeah, Um, me too. But as far as as Matt, I think Matt is just in a different position than us. And first of all, Matt doesn't have a ton of spare time, uh, and Matt doesn't, like, have access to as many games as we do. And I think that, like he tends to sort of like jump into these longer things that he can invest more time in and does Destiny yeah, totally. certainly can be that. I mean, Matt hit me up the other day and it's not even an old game, but he was like, do you want to play more wildlands? And I was like, Oh, I've already fucking moved on from wildlands. <laughs> so yeah. Like I think that I bought wildlands on at least one platform and only played about three hours. Yeah. Which whatever. Yeah. I bought Halo Wars as well. I tried some of that. I thought that game was not very good when I played it. I played on Xbox one. I thought it looks pretty bad. I was like surprised the the way it looks. Hmm. So I played some of that. I played about half of Halo Wars two on Xbox One, yeah. and I thought it was fine. Yeah, this is it. It looks okay, but I was like, but it, part of it also is like they put the game, which doesn't look that great, juxtaposed to cutscenes, which look fucking incredible. The cutscenes in that game are so good. Yeah, like you see the cutscenes, and then you get back oh, to the end God, game, and it's and it's what? like it's like it's it's like watching a Blizzard one where you go back, but even Blizzard like. I don't know. It just it hit me harder than even a Blizzard one for some Blur, reason. I, just, I really want Microsoft to keep throwing un, unjustifiable amounts of money at Blur. <laughs> just keep doing it, Microsoft. Everyone please. is right now. Like Riot uses Blur like every couple months for a new trailer. Well, everyone that has money is throwing money at Blur because they're yeah. they're like the authorities. So now Blur has gotten good at contracting out the work that they need to, so that they can scale up. So they're like an effects house, yeah. like everybody else. Like they do movie stuff now. Yeah, they did a bunch of Marvel stuff. Yeah. Keep like me anonymous, the, please. The cool sculpture stuff at the end of certain Marvel movies. Like, I think Age of Ultron, like oh, the end sure. crawl, that was Blur. 
and just like standard effect shots as well yeah so keep me anonymous please right and then this is the email Hey, everybody. I love Star Wars movies, but I've never really enjoyed the game. Shame. Have you ever experienced something like this? That's all he said. It wasn't like he's like, let me tell he you. He likes about- the movies, but not the games. He says, I really, I love the movies, but I've never enjoyed the games. Have you ever experienced something like this? Yeah, with Star Wars. Yeah, there's pretty much like. There's lots of There's Star a Wars handful games. of Star Wars, good Star Wars games, and there is a ton of trash. I think Star Wars has gotten off better slash easier with games than most properties have. But yeah. I don't think it has the volume. No one else has the volume of Star Wars game or for, of adapted franchises. Hmm. Maybe Marvel for a long time did, and it was just like garbage after garbage after garbage. I guess so. Um, I really like RTS games, but I've never liked a Command and Conquer. I huh. tried. But you I, saw that? Uh, did you ever play through StarCraft? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I played through. I never Warcraft. finished Brood War. Maybe oh, I'll do that I over definitely the summer. Brood War. Yeah, StarCraft is a one series that I've always been into. I still need to finish fucking StarCraft 2. God damn it. So, yeah, I've played through all StarCraft 2 as well. Uh, James, has that ever happened to you? Where there's like something that doesn't, like, I don't know, lore-wise, that, that totally made... Like, I also really... I haven't liked the last couple of Halo games that much. They've been fine. Good in some spots. But I still really like the Halo books. So I still yeah. read Halo books all the time. I don't know. So. Yeah, I don't know. I don't... Uh, I guess, like, JRPGs, like... But I don't know. Yeah. I've enjoyed some anime, but I've never been able to get into a JRPG. Yeah. Like, ever. Even like the, that, even, that is a genre I've never really been able to get yeah, into. Yeah, like, Persona is an anomaly for me. Remember when I bought you Chrono Trigger and you lost it? I still have it. I found it. I okay. Have, yeah, it's but my, you haven't played it. It is, is in my DS case right now. I think uh, Secret of Mana would be a better sort of gateway drug to JRPGs than Chrono Trigger. Sawyer writes in. Oh, from Lost. Yeah. He's actually writing from an island. That's And I'll tell you why I know he's actually writing from an island. I bet you guys get questions like this all the time, so I'm sorry for asking. Any tips for someone who knows nothing about PCs but wants to build a decent rig? That's how I know he's writing in from an island, because mm. there's a thing called Google. I think that Google is full of advertisements. <laughs> you can literally type in "build a decent PC rig" dollar amount, and you'll find a guide. PC I part, think P- PC Power Picker it has a bunch of different builds that you can select based I on like, price range. I mean, I feel like we've everything. answered this question so many times, but the resources are out there now. Like, I'm not saying I'm go not to saying, Tom's Hardware. Tom's Hardware is a website, and ev- like every three months, they do like three different tiers of gaming PC. They do budget, uh, like perform, like budget mid mid range and performance i'll say at this point though you can buy a lot of game like gaming pcs for pretty comparable prices at this point in terms of like pre-built yeah Yeah. because i feel like they've started to realize that it's gotten easy enough that a lot of people will do it themselves so they have to be more competitive yeah Mm. you remember like Novant falcon and like main gear yeah you were gonna spend like three thirty five hundred dollars back in like 1995 yeah for a pc so Speaking of which, I actually went and saw a PC Gamer the other day. Like, not because I was there, but I was just in the offices for a PC Gamer. And they had a computer there that was probably about half as wide as Arthur's TV. So 30, 35 inches or something. And and it was straight up made to look like the Ark of the Covenant. Like, well, the Indiana Jones one. Like, it was 100% just the Ark of the Covenant. I was like, I don't know. Is that, like, sacrilegious in some way? But it was hilarious. Anyways, I would say go check the internet. We've given you some good 
things. But that's generally it, man. You can literally type in your questions to Google and now I he wants he doesn't want he wants our opinion. I think that he says any tips for someone who knows nothing about building PCs. Go to Tom's hardware. Um, and the really NeoGAF Neo actually has like an ongoing thread with a spreadsheet, like with a bunch of stuff in it too. Get those and then helpful. go to slickdeals.com and put alerts Net, up for yourself. Slickdeals.net. Yes. Slickdeals.com is a different site. Slickdeals.net and look for alerts when people put up that 1070 for some reason for really cheap. Yeah. Also, when you're building it, if you're building it yourself, ground yourself. Yeah. Don't. Don't short out your shit. You can get a little wristband that will attach you to a ground, and then you won't shock your shit, and then fry it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I put in... Electricity, the silent killer. <laughs> what did I do? I, d- I tried to do something the other day, and I blew up my power supply when I got my new video card. Oh, shit. I think it was that I hooked things up while I was plugged in or something. That, that was, was really stupid. silly. Yeah, I think you can... Gr- you're lucky spo- you only lost the power supply. I thought I killed the video card at first, so... I think you can... Can you ground yourself to the case? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, anything that's like metal and not the board. Yeah. So, uh, yes, I was very lucky. Uh, let's see. What? I was just saying, I'm about to do my rebuild, and I'll probably still ask Arthur and you and uh, Sean, Saris. Yeah. Because every time we talk about PC stuff in our group, it's it's always, it's always the three of you who chime in. Just you know, do do a little research. Yeah, I'll, I'll do my. I'll, I'll, I'll build, do a build, then tell you guys, and then you guys will be like, "No, be don't prepared do this. for some blood." Yeah, yeah, although a lot less, you know, than how it do, used to be. How do you get rid of an old computer now? That's the thing that like that is wipe hard. it, and you can donate it. Yeah, it's just hard to get. Yeah, get rid of like a, a full PC. Not really. No, like if it's it. a full PC, it's actually a lot easier to get rid of. Like but you could literally also or something and write it off. In your I'll taxes. say this: when I wanted to get rid of a laptop, and it was a a netbook. Remember when netbooks were cool? In like I remember the netbook in particular that you I were got, very excited. To I got buy. an MSI, MSI ten inch netbook because I thought it was so cool to have this, this little two thousand nine. That might have been two thousand eight or two thousand nine. Yeah, it was like a gift to myself when I got my job. We got that and Guitar Hero Metallica. Yeah. At Best Buy. Yeah. And so I had this notebook and I had it until 2015 when I moved back. And what was I going to do with this notebook from 2009? I put it on Craigslist for 20 bucks. It was gone in like an hour. So I'll just say that. Like if you have it wiped and you're confident that dad is gone, someone will buy your shit. Yeah. I had old ass processors that were new in box, but they were sold. Put it on Craigslist. Guy met me a Bart, got him in like less than a day. We live in an area where it is so crazy with people on craigslist you can get rid of anything no problem it's probably people, everyone who's like building um bit big bitcoin miners yes that's probably true <laughs> um, until the electricity is worth more than the bitcoins are that's true uh so zach writes in and says i like that he gave us his gamer tag um he says after the discussion a few weeks ago about physical versus digital where do you stand on places like Amazon discounting games 20% for the physical copy within the first two weeks of release? That's basically one free game for every five you purchase and is only the only reason I haven't gone full digital on my Switch. I mean, um, do, I I will, mean what is the like question? A, do they want to know why? Maybe. I feel like that the only because reason that makes sense is because media occupies space that is the, on a shelf. he's right, though. The only reason I'll ever buy physical at this point is because I can get that discount. I will consider it. And even then, I, sometimes I still won't. Yeah, no, I don't care about the discount for physical. I don't want it. I don't want the physical. The only physical stuff I have is stuff that people send me. I got a physical copy of Zelda for Switch simply because I didn't want to deal with downloads. 
But in the future, I don't think I'll ever do that again. I think I'll just have a really, I'll have like a an SD, an SDHC card, and just be like, yeah, let's just do that. Plus, Nintendo's download speeds are actually pretty decent. Yeah, I, I just like I have, I think about two hundred Xbox One games. Like I have, well, for Arthur, it gets a lot more volume to it. It makes even more sense. Like me, though, there are times that I think about playing Titanfall, and I don't because it's on a disc. Whereas Battlefield One, I will play anytime because it's because it's, it's just an app digital. Right you don't there have to get off your couch. dashboard. Exactly, that makes such a huge difference. Yeah. So yeah, it's really hard even with the discount to justify it. A lot of times, I just yeah. don't want the discs around. I don't. I, I don't want them around. I, I finally did the buy the the U thing and bought a binder because I was tired. That, of was, having... that was the Mitch thing originally. Yeah, yeah. The last two times when I moved in to, to Seattle, I did it for only PS two and Xbox games. And then when I moved back from Seattle, I did it for all my 360 and PS3 games. Just no more of those cases. Yeah, the only the only physical media I want at this point are 4K Blu-rays. Like everything else, I would I would get rid of in a heartbeat. And even those, when there's a digital solution someday. I know because because of bandwidth caps. Mm. Because that bitrate is actually high enough that it, it would be prohibitive to download it. Like, streaming a 4K Blu-ray would take... A third of my internet. Right, connection. but what if you didn't stream it? You just could download it and have it, like That's physical media, like they, the same way you do a game. Uh, they, I mean, they still take up a lot of space. It's not practical. How much more space do they take up than a game? I though? think they're like eighty or ninety gigs each. I mean, but for for a movie like that, da- downloading to watch a movie that's like an hour or two long. Yeah, like it would take longer to download it than it would to watch it. Hmm. Yeah, that is a problem with games, though. I'll say is that hard drives are still even with externals like i only have three two and a half total gigs of space and that could get pretty filled gigs or terabytes two and a half terabytes okay yeah two and a half terabytes but even that could get filled pretty fast if i kept like yeah. witcher and everything around so i'm usually i'm pretty judicious about not keeping things installed i'm definitely going to start stockpiling I, I, like the really like big pretty games though like on my external so that i can just hook it up to a scorpio when i get it and, i just always ask myself i'm like am i really going to play this again i'm like no. Am I really going to play Small Arms on, on Xbox 360? Right, but that game is like 50 fucking megabytes. Even still, be gone. Um, Digital cleanliness. Fuck it. <laughs> uh, Phil writes in and says, I'm in the market for a new TV and could use some advice. Is now a good time to buy or should I wait? I'm not much of a video file, but I might get a Scorpio. So is it worth getting 4K uh, or HDR? I think 2017 TVs are kind of an awkward evolution from 2016 TVs. Mm. Like the new Samsung stuff have worse brightness and contrast, but better color performance. Hmm. I think if you can find a Samsung KS8000 like in the size that you want, you should get it. Because those TVs are being cleared out of stock right now. Like, So you can find like a 65-inch TV that I have for f- like... 1400 13 1400 uh which is a fucking steal yeah and once they're gone they're gone like you're not gonna find them again um and i think that's a tv you could be happy with for a while if you got like a if you found an oled for cheap like a b6 those tvs are really good but they're still like 2500 3000 dollars i'm interested to see if we get any more like updated standards from nab next week yeah, yeah. I, I What's hear NAB? National Association of Broadcasters. Ah, it's where all the people announce new cameras and TV standards shit. It's, I, 
I think HDR10 is here to stay. I do too, but everyone has to acknowledge that it is. <laughs> yeah. Cuz it's not hasn't been. Yeah, it's I think that now like 2017 is a bad year to spend 4 or 5000 dollars on a TV. Don't do it. Because I think that next year will actually be a jump in stuff over what we saw this year. Uh, and by next year, I mean like next March or April when that stuff comes out because it'll be announced at CES, but it won't come out for months. So I think that if you really want a 4k, a really nice 4k HDR wide color gamut set today, then a, uh, a B six or a KSA thousand or you, the TVs to buy. But otherwise I think that you should wait. All right. See the new Arthur would be able to do something for that. Uh, let's see. Do you see that Sony, Sony's uh, truck going to NAB got stolen? No, what? Yeah. Fuck. Uh, they, apparently, like they're going to be okay, and they're going to be because they're pulling from like other vendors that they had the products at. But like, um, how does the whole truck get stolen? <laughs> I don't fucking know. Where is NAB? Uh, Vegas. That's how. But that was, shit, that was like organized crime stole that truck. So we were joking that it was the Fast and Furious squad because that's the total Fast and Furious. Well, like, in the first Fast and the Furious, they're stealing like combo DVD players. Aren't no, they? no, they paid for all of them in that warehouse. There was a warehouse full of DVD players. That was the the Korean dude who shot up Brian's car with the Uzi. But part of the heist, though, when you go back and watch it, you're like, wow, DVD players. It's still like DVD VHS yeah. combos, I think. It was yeah. like hilarious yeah. to watch, right? In and civics. Um, Emmanuel, the Lord is with us. That's what that name means. Mm-hmm. Uh, writes in and says, I've been listening to Rebel FM since the beginning. Oh, yeah, tr- quiz, fucking pop quiz. No, I'm just kidding. And was a huge fan of your old Game Club segments. The Bully and Republic Commando Game Clubs are probably my favorites. Interesting enough, Republic Commando's Tim Longo now has his own podcast called Dev Game Club. Yes, yep. he does. Anyways, I know you're all way too busy to revive the Game Club, but if you ever got a chance, what games, new or old, would you want to give the Game Club treatment? Fuck. I would love to do uh, Bioshock Infinite if Sean would come on and talk about it. but Because yeah. um, I'm just trying to think of games where we know people who worked on them at this point. Uh, Metroid Prime. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I never played one. And it would be a good reason to go back and do that. And that's like, it's meaty, but it's not 40 fucking hours. Totally. Some of the Dead Space games? Uh, yeah, Dead Space 2. We could do Dead Space 2. We, we could do Dead Space. I But I feel like we we kind of did a game club on Dead Space. Like, we definitely had like a 90-minute special episode for Dead Space 2. It's true. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Those are the two I can think of. I think this letter is from the same person who gave us the rapid fire predictions. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want more rapid fire predictions. Is no, he, he here's rapid fire questions. What's your favorite controller? Xbox One Pro controller. Yeah. yeah. Xbox One Elite. That's what this yep. person said. Yep. Elite. I'm a little torn between that and the original 360 controller, just because, man, did I love that 360 controller? I mean, it's it's that except better in every regard yeah but i still don't love the shoulder buttons on the xbox one controller hmm. i feel like i got used to them 
It might just be the shape of my little hands. I think that they're easier to hit, like once you get accustomed to using it. But it might just be the shape of my little hands. I like the D pad on the hands. Xbox. Your one little hands better. Uh, what was your favorite gaming magazine? Shit. Mine might be. I mean, the thing was, I've read a lot of Game Pro when I was a kid. Yeah, I was gonna say Game a Pro. A lot of Game Pro. And then when I, I read some EGM. When I was in like junior high and high school, like end of elementary school, junior high, high school, Game Fan, I think, was my favorite. Because it was always like crazy layouts and like these huge pictures and, and nothing like the other magazines. Yeah. Um, but EGM, like always, will hold a place in my heart. I, yeah, I fell in love with EGM more once I got into One Up. It was like actually reverse. Like I always read EGM off and on. But through my high school years, I didn't read many video game magazines. I, was I didn't more like about the tone of Game magazines. Pro. I just thought the Game Pro just felt very like juvenile and childish. And I was a child when yeah. I was super into video yeah. game magazines. And then I got into skateboard magazines during my adolescent teen years. But so. I had like official Xbox magazine, like official Dreamcast magazine and stuff like that. And then like, when I was really at an age where I could buy magazines for myself all the time, especially expensive ones, I got I liked Edge. I like always Edge I, was always like a really cool thing to find for me. Like, there was a period in my life where I would fucking get any game magazine that I could if I had the money. Like, if sure. it was a game magazine, I'd get it. But especially Edge, because I felt like Edge, when I bought it, I was like, oh, this, is, this is fucking fancy. It's $15. The weirdest thing to me by far is the fact that I now am on a first-name basis with a bunch of people that wrote in the magazines I read growing up. Yeah. Like Milky and Shoe. Sure. Like Fran from yeah. Tips and Tricks and then OXM. Like... The fact that I'm friends with Adam Tesler, like that kind of shit is still like the weirdest part of my life now. Yeah. Adam's got a weird story about how he got into games. (laughs) Not not a person into games at all, really. No. Uh, I think he told that on the podcast, on this podcast. Yeah. Um, He's just, I miss game magazines though. I really do. Yeah, I mean, the Edge and stuff is still out there because Edge the Edge barely exists now. But in the UK and stuff, magazines can still do pretty good with a very low readership because right. of distribution costs here in america good the country is too big yeah. yeah but god i just remember when there were so many the it, country's too big and there's not enough printing houses locally you know is game informer is pretty much it for america and it's only at this point yeah that's only because and even their print stock and stuff i think sucks at this point which is too bad because their layout got drastically better like six or seven years ago but yeah, the, print, the the paper stock got so much worse. Yeah, like I feel like the DPI is like way lower or something. It just doesn't look as good the, as it used to. Their covers are still amazing, though. Yeah, I still feel like there's definitely just the interiors. Are there's definitely good. prestige. Mm-hmm. Like if I was working on a game or if our studio was working on something, like getting a game form cover would still be something that they would be like, oh fuck, you know? Yeah. I mean, in our office to this day are still Marvel Heroes covers from the PC Gamer thing, mm-hmm. you know, because that was like, oh, we got a magazine cover, how cool? Yeah, it's a prestige thing. Um. What's your favorite open world in the game? By the way, to that last one, Brenton said OXM for his. So he said he loved demo discs in a pre-digital Fuck demo. Man, I don't know. That's that's way Red too Dead. hard. He says Skyrim for him. I think I, a case could be made for Skyrim. I really loved Fallout Three, Fallout Four. I really like Bethesda's open worlds. Red Dead, it's just like the planes of riding riding a horse across the plains, going from west to east towards the the town is something that just kind of sticks in my head always or like just certain parts of that map like i just remember like i'll say the most fun i've had an open world game a long time is legends of zelda really been loving that yeah 
uh, Final Fantasy or oh sorry not Final Fantasy fantasy or sci-fi sci-fi I don't really have a pro like when it comes to like reading or or movies generally I think sci-fi but for games yeah I but that's why Warhammer 40k is great because then I get to mishmash them together into some fucked up thing where someone's in power armor with the sword and the flying so, the flying a pyramid through space yeah like but to be fair, most of the books I read, if it's for fun, are almost always sci-fi. Star Wars, Halo, 40K, and just like a bunch of... You know, I will say, though, to... I wish... I've always I've always had a really hard time getting into stuff, science fiction stuff, that isn't recommended to me. Just because there's so much out there that I feel like it's kind of like going to a comic book shop and buying off of a cover. Yeah, know? there's a lot of not great stuff. Yeah. That maybe, maybe has one interesting concept, but like... I don't know. I feel like there's a, a lack of good cyberpunk fiction. I just fall in love with certain worlds, and then I want to know everything about them. Like, yeah. I also like the Aliens world is, like, to me, one of the most interesting worlds. That's why I, I would get ravenously read those comics when I was a kid. I just think that they created, like, one of the most interesting ecosystems of a creature. Mm-hmm. So, uh, good creature creating is, like, Did you ever read to me. the... William Gibson's script for Alien 3. Yes, I did. I read it one time at the old Gazillion office at lunch when before I knew anybody, so I was eating by myself. Uh, it's so fucking weird. And what? It's so weird. It's so. Oh good. yeah, I, I went out. On, I went out on the onto the porch, our outdoor balcony, started reading it, and I was like, I'll just read a few minutes of this. And I ended up reading the whole fucking it's thing. It's a hell of sitting. a page turner, and it goes real fast. It does, and I was, but I was so into. It. I was like, I can't believe how into I am reading a movie script. Like it is so fucking good because he wrote it like a novel. And not only that, but not only is it fun, but it it was so good because it wasn't what I was expecting. Because the way the aliens work in it actually looks a hell of a lot like the way it does though in uh, Covenant. And, and so, Prometheus to a lesser extent. Yes, yeah. but like the, the way that they describe people changing and stuff, I'm like, oh, to- Prometheus looks like it's totally doing. I'm that. trying not to get excited for Covenant, but I'm starting for to Covenant. get excited yeah. for Covenant. But so, so when I saw that in Covenant, though, I was like, oh man, this is like that scene out of the Gibson script. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that script is fucking great. Like, man, holy shit, unfilmable at the time. Like, there's no, I. It's totally. It's easy to see why they didn't make that movie because it would have been the most expensive fucking movie. But if you ever were like, I wanted just a little bit more Hicks. That book yeah. had that had some. There's hicks. your Hicks, right? I mean, not there. only was it Hicks, but it was mostly about Hicks and and uh, Bishop and Bishop. Yeah, it was like a Hicks and Bishop story. It was really interesting, and it was Which about in, fucked up politics. In some ways, I could see why they also wouldn't go with that because Sigourney Weaver was the face of that franchise. Totally, but but as just as a story, I was like, wow, cool. So, as a aliens nerd, it was really cool. it was real good. Uh, let's see, is there a setting you always change in console games? First thing invert camera i subtitles yeah he said subtitles i do subtitles a lot as well you turn them on or turn them turn them on yeah same i like to be able to read in case i'm playing at night and it's keeping my fiance up or something and also just like the sound mixing in games usually is often so bad that if you have it like turned down to where the sound effects are at a reasonable volume for neighbors like the dialogue is too or if i miss something i can usually be like what oh yes that um and sometimes, especially for a review thing with RPGs, like I need to skip past the voice, just read the dialogue and skip forward. Uh, what is your favorite playable Diablo character out of all the games? I feel like the Demon Hunter was made for me. I really liked um, Wizard. I still really liked the sh- the Witch Doctor. Thought it was really fun. Crusader is and, super fun though, and the Witch Doctor was so unexpected from what I was really thinking they would do. 
the crusader some. felt like a character made for consoles although wish doctor kind of feel kind of feels like the necromancer like there's a lot of like summons i mean yes that's what people compared it to when it first yeah. came out but i just thought it was a really weird take on that and it wasn't what you were expecting because you were expecting fantasy trope classes yeah and a witch doctor is not like your typical fantasy like idea yeah so uh, if you could have one movie, comic, or book turned into a gaming franchise, and the game would be good no matter what, <laughs> which would it be? That's a very... He says, I think having Rocksteady tackle Daredevil would be cool. What? Uh, huh? What? If you could have something from not games turned into a game, what would you want turned into a game? Oh, Alter Carbon. Okay. Uh, I was going to say that, but... Uh... Ha! Ancillary Justice? I haven't read that. I've always wanted a really good episodic story-based X-Files game. The, that would be smart. The Laundry Files would make a pretty interesting video game. Like, as as a fictional setting, maybe not the books specifically. Yeah. Like, on a really good Telltale level. Like, maybe not even Telltale doing I'm just saying that sort of style where it's mostly narrative-driven. Did you read the last Laundry Files book? As the one from his wife's perspective? No, there's another one after that. And then a new one comes out in a couple months. Oh, Jesus. That dude cranks. He really does. Because he's got like three fucking series. He just writes all the time. The most recent one has demonic elves. Cool. And dragons. Red. It's pretty good. I should, I should download that. There's too much. The main character is one of the vampires. Okay. Oh, I mean, yeah, I did start that one. Or there's like there's part of another maybe one of the other ones that is from the perspective of the vampires, maybe. It's real good. What popular game name have you liked the least? He says I think Rise R Y S E is a pretty dumb name. Eh. Killzone is pretty stupid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Killzone subtitle. <laughs> Pick whichever Bullet one you want. Bulletstorm. I think Bulletstorm felt appropriate, but. Uh, I saw a thing that on the rating that said that game had nudity in it, but I don't remember nudity in Bulletstorm. I remember playing through all Bulletstorm. I don't ever remember nudity. I don't either. Were there like statues? Do like naked That's what statues I was, count? I don't know. Some dicks? Yes, yeah, so I was. I don't remember like, any dicks. I don't remember it either. I just couldn't remember nudity in that game when I saw the rating. I was like, "What? M for nudity?" I was like, "I don't remember." There's nudity. some intentionally homoerotic jokes, but totally uh, the jokes, sure. But I don't. I just don't remember. Oh, is there mm. a sex scene in that game? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dumb names. I don't know, man. Oh, God. I feel like I totally had one on the tip of my tongue that was something where it was like when I saw the name, I was like, oh, Jesus. I remember thinking, what the fuck is a Sunset Overdrive? Sure. Sounds like a drug. Yeah. Which I guess makes sense given yeah. the circumstances. Um. Hmm. I feel like there's something I'm just not thinking of that was like, it was just one of those games where it just sounded like duty calls and bugging, just like, it was just like so generic that I was like, that Any like the B tier game. Battlefield one was a name that I really didn't like the first time I heard it. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that is entirely too cute. Stop it. I, I, well, it's not a game, but the Xbox one, I think is there still a stupid name. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of those things you get used to. No, I definitely got used to it, but I still think it's dumb. I'm really curious what the Scorpio is going to be called. I think the PlayStation Vita was a dumb name. Yes, but Vita is life. Yeah. But 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I just thought that was. You should just call it PlayStation Portable Two. Joy-Con, but at, at a certain point, PlayStation Portable was was poison. And yes, everything Nintendo names might as well just be a trash fire to me. I think Switch is a good name. Switch is fine. Joy-Cons, yeah. though, like, make me mad. Innuendo notwithstanding, Switch is a good name. Um, Wii U was a terrible name. Wii was not a good name, but it was cute. Um, GameCube was very descriptive. I just hate when people read... My biggest thing is I hate when people reinvent names for things that already have names. So they don't call it a controller. Oh, call it yeah. Joy-Con and stuff. I'm just like, no, we know what it is. Gamepad intercapped. DualShock. Um, okay. You wrote a lot of quickfire questions. You wrote too many quickfire questions. Let's keep reading. He says, if you could have had a remastered game from the original Xbox or PS2 era or before, like, Voodoo Vents, what would it be? Crimson Skies comes to mind. Yeah. He says. Ninja Gaiden Black. I don't even know how to think about it. Uh, if you really like Crimson Skies and you did not play the 360 Snoopy Flying Ace game, get off your fucking ass. I would probably, even though I hate, thought those games were really hard, be interested in like a Rogue Squadron compilation from the GameCube era. There were rumors that there was going to be one for a long time, but the, sorry. It's the nut on the mic. Uh, but Factor 5 doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. So I assume that the IP for that is all fucked up. And especially like now. Like who the fuck would even put that together? I, with the Star Wars stuff the way it is. Yeah. yeah. Like. Uh, hold on. Da, 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 da. I can think of one that Anthony would fucking lose his shit over. What's that? Republic Commando. Yeah. If they actually could go back and remaster it, that'd be really interesting. Because that game is, it is cool. There are systems that are cool. But even more so since our game club, when I tried to go back the, uh, randomly a while ago, that game is real rough. It started to feel real, 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 real rough. And it is corridor as fuck. Like, sometimes, like, corridors that are no bigger than all, like, two hallways next to each other. Like, really tight. So, the same guy wrote in. But he said, your recent streak of predictions has got me wondering one thing. What makes you guys so good at predicting? You've said before, and I truly believe that you don't use insider industry knowledge to cheat not to mention that the majority of the podcast isn't in games press anymore that means you have access to the same resources we all do but you know how to parse through it all and pick out those little pieces that formulate a prediction that frequently turns out to be true so my question is what makes you guys good at the predictions i'd imagine it's a combination of a lot of things but time travel uh (laughs) i don't know time it's patterns like the you can only it takes a certain amount of time to produce something and so therefore depending on who hasn't been doing something in a while you can make pretty accurate predictions of if it's something that was successful is it going to come out soon because the, the, it takes a certain number of years to do it so it's like we, we, probabilities we will, yeah we will have probabilities of like it will it will either be this year or next year because it's been Two, two and a half years to three years since the last one. I think it's also it's also that uh, we've all seen games at enough different stages in development, and seen games canceled and and just been yeah. There's a lot of stuff that we've heard that we can't talk about that isn't necessarily like a project that hasn't been announced yet, but just like the history of things that were something before they weren't, or were something else before they ended up being a new thing. Yeah, like for me, it's been pretty much since 2007 that I've been like my world is 
game industry stuff. Like that's pretty much for both of us when it started. Like we got like this is all we do. We went in deep. We went in deep, and since then, it's like 2006. I think we've seen patterns. Yeah, and so since then we've seen so many patterns pass and fail that I think you just start to notice trends, and then you've worked with companies enough to see how they work, and so you start to have some assumptions, and that could change with different management, and that could change just because drop of a hat or because of investors or something that I think is just like trying to understand human nature and like motivations for doing things. But and understanding that sometimes it's not about specifically a game and more about what, what a, what a company would do context. Yeah. Yeah. Context is important. It's not just about what you want. It's about what makes sense. Yeah. Which is why like, I don't know. Like I wrote that, I did end up writing that Xbox thing, and there were things in there that I think are are kind of far fetched, but I don't think that they're impossible. Sure. I mean, I don't think anything's necessarily always impossible. But like, was it ever? I know it was rumored, but was Microsoft ever even considering a handheld device? I felt like. Oh there yeah, was, I mean, Spencer has said as much. Yeah, so at some point they were like, you know, and, and they've thought about the Xbox Stick or whatever. Like, is it just like a media device, like a Chromecast? Like, they've thought about it. Like, they have existed in some form, but they've never right, made like it past some weird a prototype stage. phase or something. Yeah. Uh, it's also, we talk, not even us, but we just talk to a lot of people, and that just and tends to form a really good idea of what the industry is in your head. Yeah, and you also, I'm not even saying like specific information of this game is going to be delayed. It's just like we talk to another people about stuff that we that we don't know about that you can form a pretty accurate like. Well, and sometimes like we try not so like when we make a prediction, if we know something is true, we don't voice an opinion on it, right? Because we don't want to out someone or something like that or mm-hmm. to portray someone's trust. But there are certain things that like I see and maybe I never talked about before, but now I have that fact in the back of my head, which informs a decision, such as the fact. That I heard that Sony was working on a VR headset and something in 2012. And that there were people being asked in 2012, like, here's an early prototype, would you want to make games for it? Right? Mm-hmm. And, or 2013. And, but that said to me, like, you know, and at the time I remember thinking, like, yeah, no. Like, mm-hmm. that's, I don't, I'm, that probably wasn't a thing, right? To me. Yeah. But it probably was. And now I'm like, oh, that probably was really early devs being, like, shown prototype hardware and stuff. So, like knowing that now, that makes me a little bit more likely to believe when someone tells me about some fucked up hardware thing coming from Sony, at least yeah. years out in advance. So, just little things like that that I learn that I'm like, okay, there's been precedent in my mind now for rumors to make it to where that could be true. Yeah, you just over time, like you develop a sense of what you want to listen to and what you want to ignore, and sometimes that stuff is wrong. Like it's not like we're not wrong sometimes. No, yeah, if you told me that the next Nintendo hardware was going to be what it is, I would have said probably not. <laughs> so, I actually thought that the next Nintendo hardware would probably be something more powerful than it was. Really? I feel like we've been we've had like pretty yeah, I'm saying I guess I guess before people were putting out stories about how it might be this handheld device and stuff, I would have thought the next thing after the Wii U would have been something at least as more powerful as an Xbox One. Yeah. yeah. Just like a more. I mean, I, thing. I I absolutely did not expect that, given what we had heard, because that hardware does not exist. Like, because it's not it's not possible for it to exist. The laws of physics still apply too much. Like oh. the battery life on the Switch already sucks for the hardware it's on. Oh no! But I'm saying I'm saying not a handle at all. I'm saying oh. before we even heard those, I'm saying just a home box. I would have thought it would have been a powerful home box again. I thought after all their trying of stuff, they would have gone to something more. You know, like. 
I am obviously, you want to hear about pretty bad predictions I've made. I also remember I sat down with the then see, well, the owners of Riot, the old owners of Riot, the two brothers that made that company, and probably whoever the person was they tote, they toted out from the Dota community that was working on the game with them at the time. I don't know who that would have been, but it was someone from the original Dota community. It may have fucking been Ice Frog for all I know. That was like, we got this guy to work with us on this game to make it legit. Wait, for what, what game? For League of Legends. Oh, which um, was like uh, Pendragon. Yeah. Pendragon. They were like, we got, guy. we got this yeah. Pendragon guy who I'd never heard of, and we're these two dudes. Let us show you some art from our game and a trailer and like tell you how we're reviving this mode that was a really popular mod. And I remember they left in the EGM one-up offices, and I was like, that's going to be a fucking failure. That was my prediction right there. So that shows you how very wrong I can be. thought that thing was going to fucking tank, and it's like the most popular game in the world. So goes to show we we hear all sorts of wacky shit that we never talk about on the podcast like i think that once the switch stuff came out like i talked about how before i think i was playing splinter cell blacklist like eight months before it came out and this was before the xbox one and ps4 announcements uh i was at that event with adam and talking about like things we had heard about the new xbox new ps4 and some of the stuff was very like accurate and some of it was totally fucking out there. Like, Microsoft has a controller that breaks in half. Like, that you can use for motion stuff. And it's like, I don't know if that's, if that is true. Like, that, maybe they that did. Maybe the Kinect had a sensor that thing. Exists. Sure, the Kinect worked with Kinect or something. Yeah. Like, it's just that it might as well not exist because no one fucking has ever seen it. Like, there's ton of, tons of rumors that we hear that are true in some form that will never see the light of day. And yep. so, like, R and D is R and D. Like, there's something they'll probably take one element of that, and that will make it in there. But it's not like the full force of what they maybe had tried will not make it into. A and sometimes product. plans are in motion for months or years, and then they stop, like they end completely. Like plans change, and that's one of the things I think that like a lot of sort of enthusiasts and fans don't understand is that like that rumor is bullshit. It didn't happen, but like. And they look at people like Pactor or things that he said. It's like, well, this is going to happen. And they're like, well, it didn't happen, so he's full of shit. But it's like, actually, it, it happened two years later. Or it was going to happen, and it didn't. But like stuff like Pactor predicted years in advance that Xbox Live costs would go up by about how much they went up. It was just that Microsoft took that long to do it. Yeah, I feel like, too, it's like, you know, he's making predictions sometimes about you know, people are making predictions about buyouts and stuff. There's so many things. Like, I bet you there's been times where, like, your most popular developer or even your most popular publisher was almost bought by someone and you'll never know because it was an offer made that was like maybe behind the scenes or something it started to be drafted out and they're like nah just kidding you know but we got cold feet stuff changes i mean i think a really good example of that is uh the venom stuff with ubisoft yeah where they ubi didn't have i don't think would have said anything but they don't want to be bought so they were made it very publicly that they were like nope we want to stay independent from vivendi like, if a bunch of people hadn't leaked it, you may not know that Scorpio was coming out this year yet. Yeah. Like, plans change. Plans accelerate. Plans decelerate. I don't know. Also, I'm just psychic. Yeah. Is what it is. But it's like a really unreliable psychic. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Uh, yeah, man. No, if I was that's psychic. That's a lie. I definitely saw that If coming. I was psychic, I would definitely, or if I was really good at predictions, I would... Uh, have invested my money, but I don't trust any of my predictions. I think my so. track record is decent 
for predictions. I think I'm probably like in, on a, in the right light 50-50, which is pretty good. Predicting dates and stuff? Yeah, I don't know how I do with those. Predicting prices and stuff, that's so much easier. Predicting dates is actually pretty easy, though, because I was like within a week. Like I, I went through earlier this year and added like a bunch of game releases for the year into Asana just going through Wikipedia. And like for Destiny 2, I was like a week off because there's a very small window that that game would come out. Yeah, like looking at stuff like that, and then comparing it, it's like, well, what does it not want to come up against, and what other lineups, what other games does that publisher have that passes ever... precedent? Yeah, so. getting pretty gassy in this house. With Arthur and I had those pickles, so you can't blame the pickle. I don't think it has anything to do with the pickle. I'm blaming the pickle. I'd still eat another one if it was right here, though. There is another one. <laughs> do we have any more questions, or is that it? I will end there. All right. Thanks for everyone that wrote in your letters. We, we read a lot, a lot this week. Let's get so. off our asses. I like reading them when we get good. The rapid fire questions are always fun just because yeah. they're easy and occasionally they inspire a thoughtful conversation. Yeah, you could you could also do people out there. If you if you have one question, you're like, well, I don't think they'll read it. But if you put it together like five, they're all super small. Or just sending your question with just that simple thing. That's easy, too. Yeah. If I don't have to parse through your text and skip out parts, that's always good, too. So, but you also you could, other things you could do is you could be like read this part and then you could put like the other stuff that you want to like talk to us about. That's yeah. true because sometimes I do I do tend to read the whole thing mm-hmm. even if I don't read all of it aloud. So yeah. there is that. Even no, not all the not always the emails from people that are mean though. So I mean we won't read mean emails. No, we don't read mean emails. Though occasionally I'll respond to you. And tell you what type of thing were you hoping for? I hope you get your life together. I don't think I, I don't think I've read it. I think the couple people were shitting on me in the emails, so I was like, I don't. Really? Know. I didn't read any of them. I didn't read any of this shit on you. There, were, there was. It was like when I first came on the podcast. Oh, people did not like. Me. Oh man, there were like multiple gaff threads complaining about me when we started the podcast. Mm. Yeah, someone, someone uh, the other day at my work was like, "Hey, gaff, these people at gaff like you." I was like, really? <laughs> so I think there's a lot of people with good sentiment toward you, especially for GFW stuff. Yeah. It's people tend to remember times of anger too. So. Occasionally with me and Gaff, the enemy of my enemy is my friend as evidenced recently. <laughs> Occasionally we reach a detent, a period of peace. We meet together and we say together, we point our guns that way yeah. together. But at some point, <laughs> or we laugh at the same dumpster fire as the case may be. Um, sometimes I put my gun up in the sky and scream, ah, yeah. you're shooting up. Twitter's the thing. <laughs> I don't know, man. Never tweet. How about that? How's that for your advice for the week? Never tweet. Yeah. Don't tweet in general. I, I in general, nine out of 10 of my things that I start to write, never see the light of day. Matt, so. Matt, um, Dunked on me today on Twitter. That was pretty good. Just because you got the itis, because you got the Alex Jones disease. Yeah, I, I, I get I get the forgetfulness when I get full. I mean, like to be real, like not that I want to stick up for Alex Jones, okay? But I've been like, no, don't. Whatever that's wherever that sentence is going. I've been. You don't want to walk there. I'm saying I've been so full that I felt like a different person. <laughs> 
a little bit. I don't think Alex Jones went to a place and did a three burrito challenge. <laughs> no, I agree. He was. Just, I don't think he ate an entire bag of Taco Bell. I think in that guy is that guy is obvious from Taco Bell. That guy obviously is like a liar. Not only that, but he's publicly saying how he's a liar. Um, but I've eaten so much. I've been crazy food drunk. Like just like didn't felt like altered state. Probably because my body was trying to process blood sugar levels. That was like, where does all this go? The blood is too thick. What do we do? He's not drinking enough beans. water. Too many. He's beans. not drinking enough water. All he does is eats when he gets thirsty because his body has been trained that he gets some water when he eats. He just won't stop eating. So drink more water, everyone. That's my advice to you. Chuff money on Twitter for me, A E G I S for Arthur. Matt's a talking orange. James at James underscore Faulkner. Go to area5.tv and throw money at Matt. And go to twitch.tv and watch fucking anything you want, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, video game related and some not even video game related. And now you related. can subscribe to people for a lot more money if you want to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get extra emojis. Um, Support. Yeah, we got to get out of here. The cat's taking a dump. That is the cue to get out of here. We're going to wrap it up. Polygon.com to go see Arthur stuff. And then eventually you'll be able to play Marvel Heroes Beta. Hero Heroes? Um, you can check it out. I, you know, it's free to play, so I'd recommend checking it out for free and checking it out and see how you feel about it. You can, and you can punch mind, baddies and they can go fly. Keep minds a beta, and we'll keep improving it. So, other game companies say beta for demo, but ours really is a beta. So, check it out. All right, have a good life. Drink lots of water. So-